The warmest of greetings to you, and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching. This is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science: storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen to empower your children. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is. Hi, I'm Bex, and I've got experience teaching across the primary school age ranges, and I also have the privilege of training the next generation of teachers as well. Hi, I'm Rob. I am Key Stage Two teacher, and I've also worked across the ranges in Milton Keynes. And today we are exploring what science we can teach with an interstellar folktale from Mexico. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Fit for the Moon. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you're an epic educator, as of the 30th of September 2022, you'll also get the story as a paperback, stunningly illustrated by Corky Paul's protege, Mario Coelho, in time for you to use for World Space Week 2022. Don't worry if you missed that, though, as you can order the book from any bookshop, including Amazon, and Epic Educators can access the ebook and full audiobook through the Epic Tales app. In fact, I'd like to take a quick moment to thank everyone who's signed up to be an Epic Educator so far, because by doing so, you are also supporting this podcast, so we can keep sharing these off-the-shelf lesson ideas every single week. So thanks very much, folks. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Bex, Rob, the Sun and the Moon. And, well, this is probably going to be our uh, densest subject of the week because, of course, it is World Space Week that we have selected this story for. We are in space and space is a science topic, right? Yes, it is. Yes. So who wants to kick us off with this one? I think Rob should kick us off with this one because actually it doesn't appear in Key Stage 1 at all. Does it not? Not for ages 4 to 7? No. I have found little links for you, but I think it's mainly going to be a Key Stage 2 topic for space. So I think Rob should kick us off. Yeah. We will start with ages 7 to 11. Where's the science, Rob? Oh, wow. There is a whole topic on space to be taught in the national curriculum in the UK, which looks at what the different planets are, where are they, how big are they in comparison to each other, how far apart are they, and then looking at how the different planets travel, how the moon travels around as well. So really getting a good grip on our place in the universe, starting to look at the different orbits that they take, what the different things are that are in space. You can even start looking at how which people have traveled into space Mm -hmm. you could start bringing in different forces like gravity so much you could quite easily spend an awful lot of time doing this so how would you go into those from the story well i would start by saying okay we've got the sun the sun is one of the main characters we've also got the moon what else do we know is in space because Mm. the children are going to have prior knowledge of what's in space it's a bit like dinosaurs and castles it's something that lots of children know about So bring in the knowledge that they've got, but then iron out the misconceptions that are there. Hmm. A teacher I used to work with quite a while ago in Key Stage 2, he had on his ceiling, he'd made models of all of the different things in our solar system, but done them to proportional size. Hmm. So in the middle of the classroom was the sun on the ceiling, and it was enormous. 
and then around it where the other planets like one would be a table tennis ball one would be a, a tennis ball one would be something else gotcha so that's looking at the size of them but the distance between them this works if you've got a big playground or field if you don't you're going to struggle <laughs> but you have your closer planets nearer you might have most of your class being the asteroid belt and then other children further out being the other planets and then saying okay these are all part of our solar system the gravity is keeping them attracted to the sun but look how far away they are in comparison to the other planets yeah knowledge of the planets what are the different planets called what is the order that they go in things like that top trumps would be a good Mm -hmm. game to play with this it's got a huge grin from bex yeah (laughs) (laughs) i love a game of top trumps (laughs) so the size of the planets the weight of the planet how many moons they've got all kinds of things like that Mm -hmm. there is also focus on our moon because it's an object that can obviously be seen without the use of telescopes so kind of look at the science of the moon why does it change how does it change what is causing it to change i think jaffa cakes are a good use for this Um, (laughs) and the effects that the moon as is explained in the story the effects the moon has on our planet so looking at the tide and things like that and you can also start linking in Different religions use the lunar cycle for different things. Um, You'd start to touch on that in science. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Science and RE can be friends. (laughs) (laughs) They certainly can, yeah. Yeah, I think there's probably the main ideas that i come up with for older children bex if you've got anything else that you'd launch into that feel free launch in i like it (laughs) only the fourth time this week (laughs) (laughs) and i was just thinking of like having a bit of a planet off you've got a bigger um key stage two and giving each class a planet Mm. to like research and try and convince the uh, sun and the moon to come and live near them because they're so great so like have uh, a little bit of a planet off because they end up living near Earth, don't they? Because the um that's that the, is the sun's, sun's favorite, favorite planet. Yeah. That's the sun's favorite planet. But actually, why shouldn't they go and live near Saturn? Mm. So maybe have a little bit of a planet off because when I was looking at the story and knowing that obviously science is going to be a big part of what we're talking about, I went through the national curriculum and was literally like, oh. It's not actually, space isn't actually in key stage one. But that doesn't mean you can't cover it because particularly if you're in early years, you can follow the children's interests. Hooray for early years. Yes, and there is going to be a lot of interest in space for ages four to seven, aren't there? I was just thinking Saturn would probably try and woo them to her. No, I suppose it would be his, wouldn't it? It'd be his his orbit. Well, just thinking Saturn is uh, named after Kronos, who was Zeus' father. So definitely a man. A masculine planet but might want to say you know i could uh, provide you with your wedding rings yes or i was thinking the veil like the, because it's um the rings made of gas isn't it oh yeah yeah i know the veil's already the sea but then you know <laughs> have a second one but i i did think like there are loads and loads of links to space and science that you could use although it's not necessarily all linked to the national curriculum still the children are going to be mega interested in it the national curriculum link is sun safety in year two so it's all about being safe in the sun. And the quote is, the sun became hot enough to hurt your eyes. So talking about not looking at the sun. So you can use that line mm. from the story. You can look at the ways to be safe in the sun. So thinking about um, sunglasses and not looking directly at the sun and protecting ourselves when we go to the beach. So having our sun cream on and um, hats and drinking plenty of water. So the national mm-hmm. curriculum link wise for our four to seven year olds is all about um, being safe in the sun. And we've got the beautiful link straight from the story. So, mm. so I'd probably give the children a suitcase and say, we're going on holiday to 
somewhere that's nearer to the sun or actually we can just go to England in the heat waves that are coming um, and <laughs> what do we need to pack to keep ourselves safe so they can make a shopping list um, linking back to our English they can make a little list of the things that they need to keep themselves safe so that's the actual link to um, the kind of curriculum but then I thought I would love to get the children to answer the question why do you think the earth is the sun's favorite planet so oh. what is it about the earth that's different to all of the other planets. So obviously then we could sneak in some knowledge mm. about the other planets for our smaller learners. And some of them were probably really fascinated about space. I'm just thinking about my nephews. They've got loads of space things, space clothes, space pictures. There are lots of children's TV shows that are about space. Mm -hmm. So they've probably got some knowledge of the planets. And there's a great planet song that I will find the link for and share with you because it's really good. And But it's one of those ones that gets in your head and you'll just remember forever. Excellent. We'll have that in our resource. Yes, definitely. I thought you'd want it in your resources. <laughs> so discussing with the children the question, I want you to find out why do you think the Earth is the sun's favourite planet and why isn't it another planet? Mm. So you could link that to the planet off if yours years three to six are having a planet competition. The children can then listen to that. So then that would give a purpose for the older children having their planet discussions and present it to the younger children and then they can make a decision about is there any other planet they thought would be good enough to be the sun's favorite yeah. but i liked that and i also thought it would be really good to think about if there are any other planets that could have something useful for the sun to have made a dress for the moon so mm. i was thinking about saturn's rings and maybe the spots on jupiter they could have yeah, just yeah. magic to pick those off and made a spotty outfit I don't know much about the other planets. Um, Going to be getting a lot of ice, I think, from yeah, Uranus and Neptune. It rains diamonds on one planet. Does it? Yeah. Rains diamonds? Neptune and Uranus, it rains diamonds. There you are. You wow. see, lots of things, but lots of other planets that the sun could have made some... Yeah, and, and Uranus has rings as well, doesn't it? Yeah. So it could actually make a diamond ring for them. For the wedding. For the wedding, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Or for the engagement. And, yeah, and I was thinking like Mars is obviously the red planet, so if they wanted, he needed to dye anything red or wanted a red dress, maybe mm. the moon's favourite colour is red. Just thinking to give the children that really, get them to look at the planets in a fun way, saying, okay, yeah. we want to know what the other planets have got they could have given the sun to make a dress from. Because obviously we know lots about Earth, but we don't know as much about the other planets. and. I thought about like light and dark and seasons and shadows and tides. And I think shadows is year three. So that's seven and eight year olds. Mm. But I thought I'd sneak it into <laughs> sneak it into my... Well, you might as well sneak it into the podcast because um, it, yeah. <laughs> it didn't get mentioned earlier. And yeah. one of the things that's so great about listening to your ideas is that you've, you've pulled out so much from the story, way more than I could have dreamed as the storyteller here sharing the story with you. And yet neither of you have yet mentioned phases of the moon which are kind of what I, yeah. I put the story together for originally for um, the Big Bang Science and Engineering Fair. Is that just not covered at all at primary? So there's seasonal changes in year, right. year one and year two. So that would be like the light and the dark and the fact that days get longer in summer and shorter in the winter. Gotcha. But there is um, tides and phases of the moon. Yeah, so I know most of the science in year five is space related, but I think phases of the moon does come into the earlier parts of Key Stage 2. 
Because the way that we did this for the Big Bang fairs was we finished the story and then asked the children listening, you know, whether they thought it was true. And uh, depending on the age range would depend on the answer that we got to that. But what really struck me was that um, even the older age ranges, so ages nine all the way up to 11, they would know that the story couldn't be true. They would know that there had to be another explanation for the moon changing shape in the sky. But they didn't actually know what that was. So we would then have to give them the actual scientific explanation. Um, And the way that I used to do it was by bringing out a ball that had been colored half white and half black. And I'd have one end of the room be the sun and the audience in the middle. And I'd carry the ball around or get someone else to carry the ball around so that the light side was always pointing at the sun and get them to comment on, you know, how the shape was changing of what they could see or the, the the patch of white that they could see yeah yeah is that a method that that you've tried yourselves yeah because earth and space is a year five science topic so i think phases of the moon and how it travels the orbit that the moon takes and which parts mm-hmm. of the moon we can see that comes into the year five area as well gotcha so children's brains are going because the earth's going around the sun and then the moon's going around the earth and they're like oh what yeah like rob is saying there's a whole topic about earth and space but then there's all the light and absence of light in year three and year Mm. four that you could obviously look at with the shadows and why is there darkness what is actually darkness as well that's a very philosophical question (laughs) on an aside should vampires be allowed out in moonlight yeah because it's reflected sunlight yeah Depends whether you go by um, traditional vampire law or Buffy the Vampire Slayer law, <laughs> where um, they're allowed to be out in indirect sunlight. It's ah, only okay. direct sunlight that hurts. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Which I guess must also be the rule in Twilight as well, because otherwise they'd just be glowing all the time, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would. They would. <laughs> but yeah, I find it's a great way of launching into that as an investigation, perhaps, you know, mm. saying, okay, well, you don't believe that this is a true story. You don't believe that the sun and the moon really are married and maybe that's fine you know it's, it's, it's just a folk tale we, we do this all the time you know we make animals talk and so on but can you now find the proof of what you're saying go and find the proof to why the moon changes shape or why the moon affects the tides as well because that's the other big one that's included in this story the fact that position of the tide is related to the position of the moon in the sky so you could really use this as a way of kicking off your science projects and even if you do have some children who maybe don't have as great an interest in space and so are you know not as keen as others this could still be a way of getting them fired up and enthused for taking part in those investigations Mm, definitely especially if you use this story at the beginning of your space week and then got everybody Mm. doing different parts of the investigations which you'll be able to do because we're giving it to you like two weeks early if you're (laughs) so kind That's all we have time for in this episode, folks, and indeed this week. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you are soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favorite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can learn in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. We'll be back next week so the sun and the moon can help us plan lessons in history, religious education, design and technology, art, modern foreign languages and music. 
Right now, though, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! cheerio. And, and we, we hope, hope to hear, hear your story, story soon! soon.